Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of The Chris Carpenter Show. I hope everybody had a really great week and great weekend. I did. Um, got By the way, got a movie recommendation for you. Um, went and saw The Hill um, this weekend with uh, Dennis Quaid, Colin Ford. Um, if you watched Under the Dome, you might remember Colin Ford from that. This is a, based on a true story of Ricky Hill, a baseball player who had a, a spinal issue and his quest to get into the majors. And I, I really, the, the, seeing the trailer intrigued me and I want to go to see the movie, but this is one of those movies that it, it over delivers. Um, it is the trailer hooks you in and it's, it's a really great story based on if you've just seen the trailer, but the movie itself, oh my gosh, it is a huge recommend. It might be one of the best movies I've seen all year long. I just, I can't say enough about it. It's really good. It's, it's going to be one of those sports movies that you can go back to. It's, it's there with, you know, another Dennis Quaid movie, the rookie or, you know, field of dreams. I mean, it's, yeah, I just, I was, I really, really liked it. Um, so should be, if you're in the Panhandle area, both Amarillo movie theaters are playing it. I'm sure a Lubbock area, I, I guarantee you probably you've got several theaters playing it there. Go see it. It's, it's such a good movie. Huge recommend. Go see it. So, but that's, that's one thing I did this weekend. Really, really exciting and fun. And, but um, we are here. We actually had college football yesterday. I watched a little bit of the Navy Notre Dame game. Uh, you know, Notre Dame kind of just boat raced them. I, that stadium in Ireland was so cool looking. Uh, Ireland is one of those. I, I'm not like a, I have to I have to go to all you know. I want to go to all these other countries because you know I love I'm I'm, I'm an American. I love America, but. Ireland is definitely one I want to go see. It's Ireland, England, Germany, like those for sure. I want to go see Scotland. I want to. Here's what I want to do. I want to go to Scotland and I want to wear a kilt and I want to eat haggis. So there you go. A little bit more about Chris Carpenter than maybe you wanted to know. <laughs> but so I watched a little bit of the Navy Notre Dame game this week. Um, saw a little bit of the New Mexico State um, UMass game. I was slipping between that and NASCAR. NASCAR played early this uh or well they played they raced on saturday which they normally don't um, which by the way if if you saw that wreck really there were two wrecks yesterday that really point out how much safer nascar is than it was 20 years ago you had uh, ryan blaney he i mean he went basically head first into one of the retaining walls a hard crash basically took off his entire front part of his car he was able to give an interview afterwards. Safer barriers, huge, and then obviously the use of the Hans device um, prevents, you know, prevented a, what happened with uh, Dell Senior happening to to Ryan Blaney, and then the Ryan Priest. I mean that horrific crash. I mean he, at the, at unfortunately, unfortunately, when you have restrictor plate racing, restrictor plate racing like you do at Daytona, Talladega is the same issue. You you have you've had this issue where cars can get up in the air. It hasn't happened a lot recently because of some of the modifications to the newer um, designs of the cars. But Ryan Priest got airborne, and 
I have never seen a car barrel roll as much as his did. I mean, I think I think they said it barrel rolled ten times. Yeah, um, hor- horrific tr- horrific crash. You know, he ended up getting taken to the the hospital, but I think like maybe an hour later he was tweeting, you know, I'm okay. Just just extremely remarkable, and that does not mean that. NASCAR is 100% safe. You're never going to get to that point when you're racing almost 200 miles per hour in a car. It's just that's just not going to be an option. But just credit credit the NASCAR people. You know, for all all the criticisms NASCAR, and, and there are some valid ones about how they've done th- done some things to alienate their fans. You know, kudos to them for the safety. Uh, issues, safety barriers, and things that they've put into place. You know, and it's unfortunate that it took you know the death of Dell Senior, Adam Petty, and some others for that to happen. But you know, a couple years ago we saw the Ryan Newman crash that looked so awful, and um, like less than a day later, he's you know there's a picture of him standing up with his kids. So it's just it, it's it's remarkable, and you know, I just yeah. But so I watched that um, really more than than football t- last night. But exciting that football's back. You know, J- UTEP lost, which that's a bummer. I think this was a game that they could have won. Um, and you know, it it sounds like there was a coaching faux pas basically there. Just frustrating. But we are now kind of in the throes of college football. There's going to be a, obviously a full slate next weekend. Texas Tech going up to Wyoming. I'm excited about this matchup. I really like that Tech's playing Wyoming. I think I'd love to see like Tech and Wyoming, Tech and Air Force. I like those types of games. You'll play those like Mountain West teams. And even if you have to go on the road, I, I have no issue with, hey, I'd love to go to Colorado Springs, Colorado, Labor Day weekend. I mean, <laughs> weather would be awesome, and I'm sure the weather's going to be awesome in Wyoming. I'm I'm a huge fan of the state of Wyoming. It's well, I mean, technically, part of it was part of Texas, and you know, we we had to give it up when we were no longer the Republic of Texas. But Wyoming is a beautiful state. I've never been to Laramie. I've been, you know, obviously to the Yellowstone part of Wyoming in that area, but. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fun game. They're going to be on CBS. First time that they've been on CBS since the Gator Bowl 2008. And I think this is going to be a, a, a tough matchup for Tech. I think I think they do win. But do not, Tech fans, do not freak out if they only win by like 7 to 10 to 14 points because I think this is this is a really good, I don't know, I'd rather play a game like this then open up against like Murray State last year or in a couple weeks they're going to play Tarleton State. Um, yeah, I'd rather play a game like this. I think you get a lot more test for your team in this type of game, and especially if you're going week two to play Oregon. You, this is, I think, a really worthy um, worthy game for, for this Texas Tech team. I'm still struggling with there's – a, there's a lot of expectations for this Texas Tech team. And, you know, I predicted nine and three. I'm going to stick with my nine and three record. I, I really do think they they have enough to put that together. You know, they still need to stay injury free, relatively speaking, because on the depth chart you know, beyond your starters, you still are a little bit thin. 
And so that's going to be something that, you know, we have to have to keep an eye on. Um, but I, I just, I think you've got a lot of talent on this team and, uh, and uh, ESPN, one of their predictions for the big 12 championship game was Texas defeating Texas tech at the big 12 championship game. It's, it's surreal for me that there is that prediction of Texas tech could be in the big 12 championship game. It's never happened before. I think it, I mean, I think with the, what Joey is building here, it will happen. I'm not ready to say it's going to happen this year. And, you know, like I said last week, I think it, I think it's going to be Texas and Kansas State. I think Kansas State wins. Part of it is I don't want to pick Texas. <laughs> but um, it would be extremely heartbreaking if you get to the Big 12 championship game. You have the opportunity to end Texas in the Big 12 with a loss in the championship game, and then you lose. That would be pretty heartbreaking. But it would still be awesome to get there. Um you know, but yeah, it, it, this is exciting. I mean, I have not felt this excitement for football for the football season. Probably, I mean, when I had season tickets, I was excited because it was awesome to get to go to the games. And then, you know, the the three, th- two of the three years that I had season tickets, Patrick Mahomes was the starter. So I was like, well, you know, I get to see Mahomes play. And I, I think even then, I didn't know. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I knew for a fact Mahomes was going to be this, like, trans, you know, this generational superstar um, in the NFL. No, I, I, I can't say that. But he was really fun to watch at Tex. And so that was um, – I was excited about that. But I think I kind of knew this team probably not – you know, the teams that Mahomes had – weren't that talented, especially on defense. So you were like, well, if we can get to six wins, that's that's a goal. That's, you know, that's that's a win. Um, so probably the last, like, tech team, like, I was uber, uber excited for. 2014, I was excited. And then that was just a big letdown. <laughs> um, and then certainly, I think 2008, there was a lot of hype about the Texas Tech team. And um, I think everybody kind of knew that, that they were going to be a pretty strong team that year. I don't think anybody could have predicted they were going to be as strong as they ended up being, but there was a lot of excitement about 2008. 2009, there was a lot of excitement too, um, just because of what you did in 2008. And um, but it's 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 fun, it's fun to be looking forward to football being a fun fun to watch. And I think this this Texas Tech team is going to be very fun to watch. Are they going to frustrate you? Maybe. Are they going to? lose a game they're not supposed to. I think I am not predicting it cuz I think 9 and 3 of the three losses I have I think are pretty fair losses right now. But yeah, I mean I I said it last week in my preview. That BYU game kind of scares me a little bit because it's just given off the Colorado vibes to me. Colorado in the early 2000 vibes is what BYU's given off to me. Um so yeah, they could lose a game they're not supposed to, but uh, you know ultimately I I do think that they they have um they have this opportunity to to have a special year and go you know nine to three and contend for the Big Twelve championship and it starts next Saturday against Wyoming and then obviously you know you can't look ahead to Oregon but you know that's going to be a big matchup as well so going to be fun now. We do have to talk about something this week that happened at 
the Red Raider Club Bloodshed. And if you're a UT fan, I'm about to let loose on you. So just know that. I'm letting loose on you. So Brett Yormark, special guest, commissioner of the Big 12, was a special guest at the Red Raider Club um, kickoff luncheon. And, you know, he said a couple things that hurt the fifis of the Longhorn fans. First of all, he basically talked about the fact that we're getting them out a year early, UT and Oklahoma, and, you know, we're basically implying we're happy to see them go. And then he proceeded to tell Joey McGuire that he's going to be there at Austin, which, uh, Brett, you, you really need to watch your surroundings because they've defunded the police in Austin, and it's now like going to Baghdad, Iraq. So be careful. In Austin, Brett, um, crime is out of control there. They've allowed it to be, be out of control there in, in the People's Republic of Austin. So just be aware of your surroundings, uh, Brett. But, uh, you know, I, I feel good about Brett being aware of his surroundings. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, he's from the Northeast. He's from New Jersey. Um, you know, he used to work for the Brooklyn Nets. So he's he's used to being on the main streets. So <laughs> anyway, he says he's going to be there and – Basically implies that we're rooting for he's rooting for tech. <laughs> and the UT fans have lost their minds over this. They are just I've never seen so much crying and weeping and gnashing of teeth from these Longhorn fans. Um so it couple things on this. Number one, let's talk about the first part of what he said. I guess UT expects all of us, the hateful eight. And when I mean the hateful eight, it's the ones that UT and OU are leaving. I guess they expect us to just cry forever about them leaving and miss them. Um, You know, like they're our ex-girlfriend that's moved on and, oh, we miss them. We're going to obsess over them forever. We've moved on. What good would it have done for this conference to be whining and crying about these two teams leaving. We've moved on. We've added four teams that I'm excited that we're adding. We've got four more teams coming in next year, and we've enhanced the Big 12 since UT and OU you left. Now, we're not going to get paid as much as they are, but, you know, I guess finishing middle of the pack of the SEC and being rich is what they wanted because that's what they're getting. So sorry that we're, we're not going to just – yearn in our hearts forever and ever for UT. I am perfectly fine if Texas Tech never plays the University of Texas in any other sport again. I am perfectly fine with that because I think it's actually better for Tech not to play them. You've had the history of UT's, I mean, let's face it, UT's dominated Tech in a lot of sports, but you also have an among te- amongst Tech fans You've the mentality that permeates when you play UT, this little brother mentality and always wanting to compare ourselves to the University of Texas. It permeates when you're in the same conference as Texas. It permeates when you play them. And I want to be Texas Tech. I want to stand up and I want to be Texas to the best Texas Tech can be. And I think the best that Texas Tech can be is out of the shadow of the University of Texas and Texas A&M. 
And I, I think you you're getting that opportunity finally. And we need him. And I, and our leaders are embracing it. I mean, Doctor Skubnik, Kirby Hokut, credit y'all. You're embracing it. But I think the tech fans as a whole, and there are some that are, but there are some that aren't. We need to embrace that. We're going to stand on our own two feet. We're going to be in a great opportunity to win championships. And we don't need to have to play UT and A&M every year to do that. And we've got this opportunity now. Now let's talk about the second part of what the UT fans are whining about and talking about the fact that, oh, Brett Yormark is showing that he favors other people. (laughs) First of all, throughout the entire existence of the Big 12, Dan Beebe, Bob Bowlesby, I think there was a guy before Dan Beebe, I don't remember his name, but every single conference commissioner before Brett Yormark they literally were in the back pocket of the University of Texas. And what the University of Texas wanted, that conference commissioner would do. And so I'm sorry that you can't stick the hand up the butt of the commissioner, Brett Yormark, and and play him like a puppet anymore, UT. I'm sorry you can't do that. And I'm sorry that you aren't going to have refs that overtly favor you, or refs that live in Austin that get to call your football games like you have against Tech through the years. I'm so, so, so sorry that for once you're not running things because we've seen what happens when you run things. You run off programs. You ran off Nebraska and Colorado and Missouri and Texas A&M and you almost single-handedly destroyed the Big 12. Fortunately, finally, the hateful eight, after you finally left, you and OU, left, finally decided, hey, we're going to stand on our own feet. We're going to make this Big 12 thing work. And that's what they're doing. And you want to cry now because we're you're not going to be co-toed to for the first time. Get ready because you're not going to be able to do all these shenanigans in the SEC. You're not going to be able to come in and try to run the meetings. I can't wait for the first time you try to do that. And Alabama and Georgia and Tennessee and Florida, they slap you down trying to do that. Because that ain't going to work in the SEC. So get over the Brett Yormark stuff, UT. You Here's the good thing, though, for you. Because inevitably, what's probably going to happen, I mean... I have you going. I have you finishing second and being in the Big Twelve Championship game. But there's also a higher possibility, just based on history, that once again you flame out. Even though on paper you have this great, talented team, but you underachieve, which is the T- University of Texas way, and you end up finishing like seven and five. You now have a fallback. You have an excuse you can use beyond. Well, what about our swimming team? which is the, your normal excuse. Um, now you can use the excuse of it's Brett Yormark's fault. So you ought to be thanking Brett Yormark for giving you a new excuse to use one you inevitably underachieve. So you've got that for the entire, entire athletic year. When you underachieve in basketball and in baseball and in softball or whatever else, you can use, you could blame it on Brett Yormark that he's trying to treat you. And you can use that for the entire academic year. You know, it's a brand new excuse that you can throw in there. So you're not just having to constantly point out your swimming and gymnastics team, which that's the normal UT fallback or, you know, we're, we have academic standards or whatever. Yeah. Cause I'm sure Vince Young met your academic standards. 
<laughs> so anyway, rant over about UT. <laughs> so moving on, we're going to finish up with some NFL stuff. Two big things, uh, one with the Cowboys, one with the, one with the Chiefs, and then it's kind of some of my other NFL thoughts. Tune in next weekend. It'll be next Sunday. We are going to have the official Chris Carpenter Show NFL preview show. I also want to give you a recommend if you are a huge NFL fan and are wanting to listen to someone that's more NFL exclusive than me. I mean, I'll mention it and I'll kind of give you, I, I kind of do it through the lens of the Chiefs and the Cowboys. But if you want a lot more on the NFL, um, the Alex Esquivel show, um, Alex Esquivel, he's a, someone that I, I used to teach with, great guy. His knowledge of the NFL is fantastic. And he has a new show. Um, it's available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. But Give him a listen. He actually this this uh, over the summer went through and did like an all NFC West, all NFC East, and went through and just very fascinating the st- statistical numbers. Um, he's currently making his predictions about um, each division. His is going to probably be a little bit more in depth than me. I, um, I will focus on in my NFL preview show. We'll go through the Cowboys schedule. We'll go through the Chiefs schedule. And then I will give you my kind of my predictions and my Super Bowl predictions. Um, So two years ago, I had the Rams beating the Bills in the Super Bowl. Last year, I had the Bills. I keep picking the Bills and it blows up on me. I had the Bills. I think they... I think I had the Bills and the 49ers last year, maybe. I don't remember. I need to go back and listen. Uh, I was I was completely off off the uh, or no I might have had forty nine ers uh, Chiefs I have no idea I don't remember last year because I was wrong <laughs> uh, I I do remember when the playoffs started I had forty nine ers Chiefs which I came close to um, but so I I was I I kind of get close sometimes <laughs> sometimes so be ready for that next weekend but obviously some big news notes um, Friday we had. The news of Trey Lance, he is traded now to the Cowboys um, from the 49ers. Let's talk about it on both sides. So the 49ers, you know, they they traded a lot of first-round picks to draft Trey Lance. And, you know, he's just been – he's been injured a lot. And, you know, you had kind of the, the emergence of Brock Purdy last year. Um I will tell you this is a little bit of a glimpse into my NFL previews for next week. I think the 49ers probably and I this hurts me as a Cowboys fan to say, but I do think the 49ers are probably the best team in the NFC. But I'm still not sold on quarterback. I think Brock Purdy did really well last year, but I think they have to have a little bit more from quarterback to get there and I, I guess they I guess they what they've realized is they weren't gonna get it from Trey Lance and so in fact Trey Lance he was gonna be the third string um shoot I just had a brain fart um so Sam Darnold Sam Darnold's gonna be their backup um and then Purdy's gonna be their starter and so I, I get why the 49ers unload him they get a third round pick out of it so you know clearly in the annals of draft trades, 
there's going to be a lot of criticism towards the 49ers for trading up like they did to get Trey Lance. Um, you know, it's hard to be critical of them when they are, they've been such a strong franchise as of late. You know, and I know they fell off a little bit, but then, you know, they they recover very quickly and and that's what's that's what's been the case the last couple of years with this 49ers team the cowboys that's that's my big wondering is what exactly are the cowboys doing in this situation um is Trey Lance coming in to be a backup cuz i think i mean I think cooper uh cooper rush He's he's a decent backup quarterback. You know, I thought he did really well when Dak, you know, was injured. You know, he, he won you more games than – I think he only lost one game against Philadelphia in which, you know, now looking back with the – you know, Philadelphia being the NFC champions, <laughs> that's, not a, that's not a bad – you know, that's not really a bad loss. Um, so is he coming in to compete with Trey Lance? Or, I mean, there's some people even speculating, is this – kind of an opportunity to put some pressure on Dak Prescott that, hey, if you're not getting the job done, we got another, we got a new guy. I'd say a couple things. I, I think, first of all, Dak, just like Tony Romo, I think Dak has been unfairly gotten the blame for a lot of the Cowboy woes. No, I don't believe Dak Prescott is – an elite quarterback and by elite quarterback, I mean, that's your upper echelon. The, you know, Patrick Mahomes, I put Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, um, Josh Allen, for sure. Those three in that elite category. Um, I think Jalen Hurts is almost there. Aaron Rodgers has been there. I don't know if he's going to be there anymore. And then, you know, obviously when Brady was around, Drew Brees, that that's kind of your elite quarterback. And I, I, I would not classify I would not classify um Dak Prescott in that category. But I he's a good quarterback. I think he's just gotta have better weapons around him. And I, I think he needs to realize he doesn't have to do everything. And I think when he realizes when he realizes that that's going to keep you in games. Because you go back and look even at the 49ers game last year, your defense played well enough to win. It was the mistakes. And Dak made a lot of them. And I think he felt like he had to do more than he needed to. Um, so I'm not necessarily sold on this idea of having, you know, Trey Lance be the replace Dak Prescott. So I, that to me, I'm, I'm, I'm in a wait and see mode with this whole situation to see what exactly the Cowboys are going to do with, with the, with Trey Lance coming in. So now I want to talk about the situation with the chiefs and specifically I want to talk about the Chris Jones situation because that is kind of some bear watching. You know, Chris Jones is holding out right now. And, you know, this week he basically came out and said he's willing to hold out for eight games. Um, I, th- I think from my understanding that's the threshold for potentially losing losing paychecks or I have no idea. But anyway, um, 
Chris Jones is really important to the Chiefs. Is he the most important cog? No. That's, that's Patrick Mahomes. But he is an extremely important part of that defense getting to a point where you can win championships. Because the Achilles heel of the Chiefs since Mahomes has been quarterback has been the play of the defense. And, you know, you the two years you've won the Super Bowl – you had you had a good enough defense to win. You, I don't think you're ever going to have like the 85 Bears-esque defense with the Chiefs, but you had a defense those two years that provided enough plays for you to win. And when you haven't won the championship in Kansas City, more often than not, it's been the defense letting you down. And here's here's what ends up happening is that Kansas City, it's it's almost like poor Mahomes. This is like probably deja vu for him. The years that they've not won, I think Mahomes has felt like he has to do everything for this team to win. And that's when he starts making the thr- ill-advised throws, things like that. Exactly when, like when he was at Texas Tech. I'm sure Mahomes thought he had to score every single time he had the ball because our defense was so bad. And so I think when the Chiefs have struggled, when Mahomes has struggled, is when he doesn't trust his defense. And when they've won the Super Bowl, he has trusted his defense enough to know that he doesn't have to do everything. And that makes him a better player. So Chris Jones is, I think, a very important part of the Chiefs having a shot to repeat. So that's going to be bear watching. It'll be interesting to see if the Chiefs struggle out of the gate. Do they quickly like going? You know, reminds me of Emmett Smith. He held out for two games. The Cowboys start zero and two. Well, <laughs> Emmett got a got a new contract right then and there. Could that happen at Kansas City? Now Kansas City opens with Detroit. I think they can beat Detroit fairly easily. I mean, I know Detroit's kind of the kind of the darling team this year and and certainly I think they're going to be I think they'll be good enough to win their division but you know beyond that you know you've got the Jaguars week 2 I still think you probably have enough to beat beat the Jaguars um you know week 3 you've got the bear you'll beat the bears week 4 now week 4 Chiefs and Jets That'll be a fun matchup because it's Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. That's going to be something bear watching. And I'm not, I'll, I'll stop reading the rest of the Chiefs schedule because we'll talk about that next week. But if the Chiefs struggle, do they go ahead and try to uh, do they go ahead and pay um, Chris Jones and try to get him back? So that'll be bear watching what, what happens. Um, in other NFL thoughts, you know, I want to send Get Wells to Jakeem Grant. I'm really sad for him um he had a injury he's a, a torn tendon just uh crushing for him you know it was such a cool in the midst of that it was such a cool moment when Mahomes went over there um you know kind of kind of patted him on the back when he was getting carted off you know obviously former teammates Jakeem Grant another guy so fun to watch back in the tech days uh, so get well get well to him and um just yeah that was just sad 
overall. Um, but I've not watched a lot of preseason games. Um, just it, it's amazing to me though that like the Chiefs, you haven't really played a lot of Mahomes yet. You're still beating teams. How bad is the Cardinals? Arizona Cardinals, by the way. I mean, the Chiefs just killed them. I guarantee you, Mahomes might have played one offensive drive, <laughs> and yet, I mean, the Cardinals just got boat raced by the Chiefs. So yeah, early early predictions. Um, I think the Cardinals are gonna be the number one pick <laughs> uh, based on what I've seen so far. And yeah, disaster. Cliff, I think you got out of there just in time. <laughs> so. But I, I don't have any other NFL thoughts. I haven't really – I think, yeah, the Cowboys played last night. I didn't watch really much of that game. I couldn't even tell you. I guess they won last night. I have no idea. Um, yeah, preseason, I'm just not – because most of the time you see players that you're never going to see again. I'm just not a big preseason guy. So, anyway, that will do it for this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. Um Make sure you're following me on Twitter or X um, at the C Carp Show. I do plan on doing two broadcasts this upcoming week. Friday, either it's either gonna be Friday night, late Friday night, because I'm going to high school football. Canyon versus Perryton at Happy State Bank Stadium. I'm excited. Um, or it might be Saturday, like afternoonish time before the tech game. I'll drop the NFL prediction show. And then Sunday, probably Sunday evening, I will drop a Texas Tech Wyoming recap show. And we'll talk through that and, and do a little bit of preview of the Texas Tech Oregon matchup coming. So hope everybody has a great week and I will see you next time for the Chris Carpenter Show. <laughs>